worship you. Emmanuel. God is with us. Oh, glory be to God. He walked among us so that we might know him. That we might know the way. Let us pray. Mighty God, we thank you for showing us the way. Help us to receive, Lord, your word. Speak to us, Lord, your servants, we pray. Amen. 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 He's alive. Oh, glory be to God. Going to deal with the subject matter about seeking the risen Savior. Think about why you look for something. Oftentimes, we look for something when it is lost and we want to find it. And, and it depends how important it is to you, how much you will look for it. Uh, oftentimes, if you drop a penny getting changed, you might just let that slide. You know, I'll get that later. It's just a penny. But you drop you a five, you drop you a 20, you're going to stop everything you're doing. And I've seen people bust their doors at the driveway, open up their door to pick up their chain because they're going to they won't let that, that 20 slip out or that five slip out. They'll let that penny, the chain get that. So, oh, that's all right. But you see that I've seen people bust their door trying to get them, sleep their arms down and pick up the money. But something's important to you. You will do what you can to get something so that it will not be lost. Do you know that you were lost, lost in your sin, and Jesus came after us? He came after us so that we will not be lost. He came down understanding the only way for us to be found in his grace and in his mercy and found in forgiveness was to die on the cross for our sins. Now, think about when something is lost that you will go in dark places to look for something. And in order to find something that is lost in dark places, you have to use some light. And so you ever lose something under the bed behind the dresser or looking in the closet and there's not enough light in some area. So you bring a flashlight. Now we use our phones and put our phones in a spot trying to find some things. Or you've been in a movie theater before. You're trying to find something in the movie theater. There's no lights on. So you use your cell phone to cast some light. Do you understand that Jesus is the light? And he came and he saw that we were lost and he signed light on us so that we could be found and find that. And oftentimes when he turned the light on, he turned the light on us while we were left up in some mess. And he says, I can bring you out of that. Oh, glory be to God. And so he's found us. He has found us. I want to help you out because many people will change the testimony and say, I found God. But he found us. You, you didn't find God because you weren't looking for God. We were looking for the, the next night out, for the next drink, the next payoff, the next high. Watch out, somebody. We were looking for some other stuff. But he found us. And when he found us, our appetites changed. And then we started realizing that, oh, what I was looking for was him. I was looking for peace. I was looking for some comfort. I was looking for some joy. And we started finding out that all the other stuff I was giving to myself was only making me feel bad about myself. But now that I have Jesus, things feel a little bit better in my life. I have hope now because I found him. 
he found us. And now that he has found us, we need to seek after him. What does that mean? It means this, that when he found you in your mess, he knows more about you than you thought you knew about yourself. When he found you in your mess, he knew how you got there. He knows the reason why you're there, and he knows how to get you out. And how often is that sometimes in our lives that we think we know what's best, and we tell everybody else what to do and how to do it, and we're still left in our own mess trying to figure it out. Going to sing songs to ourselves, nobody knows the troubles I seen. Feeling all by ourselves. And yet, here it is that God is letting you know that you're not alone. I'm here to save you. I'm here to rescue you. I'm here to give you life and life more abundantly. I'm here to let you know that what you've been seeking, what you've been looking for in all the wrong places is right here. That's why I came. I showed up to show you who I am and what love really looks like. And so still think about how when he found you in your mess how you started realizing that I don't know myself as well as I thought I did. And here's how we find out we don't know ourselves, that we say that this one time I'll do it. And this one time becomes a habit. And then now the habit has taken over you. You just say, well, I just can't stop doing it because it's just who I am. And you just need to accept it because I'm going to be a, be this and we'll do however we want to be. So I'm just going to be a drunk. I'm just going to be a liar. I'm just going to be no good. We just, we've, we've come accustomed to accepting our bad behavior and we make it acceptable and the world makes it acceptable and they make allowances so that you can find other people with the same behavior and you can hang with them and you can feel bad about yourself. But since you guys are both feeling bad about yourself together, you don't want to feel bad. So you say what you're doing is good. So therefore you keep on doing it. Now realize every time you go home, you feel empty and depressed. And Jesus shows them and says, I've come to give you life. And you start thinking about what is this life? What is this life? He says, well, I, I made you in my image. I, I made you for greater purposes. I made you to do great things. I, I made you to be, to be images and God bearers of love, of grace, of mercy and kindness. I'm here to show you that you don't have to be angry at everybody. You don't have to be envious of everybody. You don't have to be jealous of everybody. You can let all that stuff go and find out that there's grace and, and love and mercy that is there's a blessing and giving. There's a blessing and caring. And so when God finds you and you start realizing these things, you don't want him to go away that you start chasing after him and says wait i want to know more about me i want to know why do i act this way why was i born this way why do i live like this show me some more and that's why we need to seek after him and so when we look in our text in luke the 12th chapter we we come to the point that he has been crucified. He's been buried in a borrowed man's tomb. And, and, and he died on that Friday. And Saturday is the Sabbath. And that's the day of rest. And so they couldn't go and tend to the body and, and put ointments upon him and, and allow him to, to be preserved and properly buried and, and wrapped the way they wanted to do so. So the women are going there early in the morning. They thought they were early. They thought they were early enough to get there, but they couldn't be God. 
Because when they get there, the tomb is empty. The stone has been rolled away. And, and when they get there, I want to highlight to us that notice what happens to them when they get to an empty tomb. And amongst the grave, they're amongst the dead. And Luke, the 24th chapter, looking at verse 5, it says, The, the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. And the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead? For someone who is alive, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be what? Crucified and that he would what? Rise again on the third day. Do you grasp here that they went looking for a living God amongst the dead? Tell your neighbor, you can't find God in the dead. He is a living God. Tell your neighbor, he is a living God. He is for the living. And so that's why he says, I am the way, the truth, and the Life. That's why he says, I am the life and the resurrection. He's pointing out that I am about giving life, sustaining life. So if you want life, you need to seek after life. But you can't find life in death. The wage of sin is death. Living in sin, all you're going to find is death. You won't find life. And, and so that's what happens in our lives. That we are trying to find life. We're trying to live a life, but we're living life in sin, realizing that why we're not happy, why we're not encouraged, why we don't have peace. That's why it became very popular by, the, by Christopher Wallace, also known as the Notorious B.I.G. And he was saying at one time in the venue, more money, more problems. And, and, and that's all he wanted was money. He was in a hustler's life because he needed money. He needed money to survive. He needed money to make it. And so that's why he talked about how he would look, used to look at a World of Magazine and post them on the wall. Then he got money, said, I got Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Well, this used to be all a dream. Some of they not with me. <laughs> and, and so he understood that if I had money, I could buy all these things. But the more money he had, the more problems he had. Without money wasn't satisfying me. Money wasn't giving me what I thought I would have. Something was missing. Jesus points out to us that, the, that if you love money, it's the root of all evil. That you, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve money and serve God. You either love one and you hate the other. We need, we need to understand that we live in a world that we make money almost everything. And if we keep on seeking just to make money, physical pleasures to comfort us, we'll never truly have comfort. But when we find the comforter, which comes from God, the Holy Spirit, that was able to sustain us that we'll be able to talk like Paul. You know how Paul talked. He says, even when I was poor, even when I was in hung, on hunger, he understood whether I was rich, whether I was poor, whether I was full, whether I was hungry, I was satisfied. And the reason why he was satisfied, because his comfort came from the Lord. He realized that my God can supply all my needs. He said that when he wrote that letter to the church of the Philippians, letting them know that you bless me with gifts, but I, I'm, in, I'm locked up. I'm in prison. I can't give you a gift, but I pray that God who supplies all my needs can do the same for you. I don't want to encourage you right now that God can supply all your needs. 
That's why we get excited definitely in times of mourning when we go into the place and to the church and we have a body in front of us and we hear the, the, the preacher or minister or someone read the 23rd number of Psalms says, the Lord is my shepherd. You understand that money won't make you feel better when a loved one passed away? Do you understand a big meal won't make you feel better when a loved one passed away? But hearing a word from God saying the Lord is my shepherd, how that can comfort you in a time of sadness. It can comfort you in a time of poverty. It can comfort you in a time of failing health, knowing that God is in control. Do you understand that when you are talking to the living one, that he is concerned about your life and he can fix you up. He can turn you around and place your feet on solid ground, that he can take the darkness and bring it into light because he is the living one. So stop looking for God in the dead and look up and find him in the light. So they told him and said, why are you looking for the living one amongst the dead? And then notice what happens is then they remember what he said to them. In order to see God, we need to have instructions. We need to have directions. We need to have a map. Anybody been there before that you're going to a new place, you're looking for something, you need instructions? We are so blessed now that we don't have to print off instructions from the computer anymore. You can just put it right there on your phone. And it will tell you, turn left, turn right. Destination is on your left. You're pulling up. And sometimes your destination is on the left, but that's not where you want to go. And here it is that God knows where you want to go. And he'll never give you the wrong instructions. He'll always give you the direct instructions. And here it is that they were in the wrong place looking for him. Some of y'all quiet on me. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. They were in the wrong place looking for him. He told them where he was going to be. If y'all could say, man, I would be done right now. But y'all making me preach harder because I think y'all not getting it. He told them where he was going to be. And it says it came back to them what he said back in Galilee. Y'all. Oh, 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 can you understand that he already knew before they got to Jerusalem where he was going to end up? Let me help you out. Well, I just got excited because y'all, y'all seem y'all kind of missing. Let me help you out. You know he died. And he knew he was going to die. And he knew before he got to Jerusalem. To them it was a surprise. He told them on the way to Jerusalem, he told them in Jerusalem that I'm going to die. But three days later, I'll get up and you can meet me here. But they weren't hearing him. Like y'all not hearing me. Watch us about. And, and he told them what's going on. So they went to where they thought he should be and found out he's not there. Then they got amazed when they saw two people in dazzling wardrobe letting them know he's not here. And he says, just like he told you. And they said, we remember what he said. You need to get into his word. When you get into his word, you'll find out where he is and where you can be also. His word will let you know certain things in your life. The people will tell you where you are. People will tell you where you are, but they don't know your destination. They can tell you you're no good like your daddy. They can tell you you'll never be nothing because your family's nothing. They can tell you you got a bad family name, so therefore you have a bad family name. You have a bad reputation. You'll never strive to be anything. But they can tell you all they want because they can tell you what they know, but they don't know what God knows. And, and, and if you want to have some fun with somebody, have some fun with them. Next time they're going to tell you who you are, what you can't be. And you start asking them, can you tell me why do the birds fly south? A- ask them, ask them, do you, can you tell me why the rain comes? A- ask, ask them, can you tell me why it snows in June? A- ask them all kinds of these things. They'll probably give you some qu- answers and then probably say, I don't know. You can say, but God does. 
And, and when they get stumped, you can point out, well, what you talking about, God? Well, because you can't tell me what you don't know. And you don't know what God has done for me. And you don't know where he's going to put me. And so don't tell me what I can and cannot do when I'm not listening to you, but I'm trusting the living one, the God of my life. And he has plans for my life because you know what? He created me for good things. I was made in his image. And so your plans are not God's plans. And I don't need your plans. I'm trying to find out what God has for me. So I need to listen to his word. And God tells us how to get there. And that's why Jesus made it clear. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the light. That's why Jesus told them that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's letting them know that I go to prepare a place for you so that when I come back to your neighbor, he's coming back again. That when I come back, I'll be able to take you back with me so you can be with me forever and ever. And the church says, And so here we are that he's showing us that I want you to be where I want you to be. And where I want you to be is where I am. So where is he? He is where he is. And we want to be in his presence. And so to find him, Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added on. But it says, seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness. When we seek God, we have to seek him for where he is. And one way to find him, we have to look into his word and understand that where is his kingdom? Do you know where his kingdom is? Look around. There should be some kingdom around here somewhere. Some of y'all clapping. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all don't know. Let me help you out. Let me help you out. Jesus says, repent. For the kingdom is at hand. And, and you know, a kingdom is where the king is. Well, where was the king? The king is at hand. Basically, he was, before Muhammad Ali, he was hitting on the drum saying, the champ is here. <laughs> he is saying, the king is here, repent. For the kingdom is at hand. The king is right here. And I'm looking to bring you into my kingdom. And when I bring you into my kingdom, I'm going to bless you with gifts from on high. So where is the kingdom? The kingdom's around us. The kingdom's in your heart. When you confess Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have now been a part of the kingdom. When you become part of the kingdom, you become kinship to the king. And when you become kinship to the king, you become heirs with him. And you get to call God your father, just as Jesus, the son of God, gets to call him the father. And when you call him God the father, that means you have an inheritance. And when you have an inheritance, your inheritance is royalty. That's why we get excited that I can call on Jesus and anything I ask in his name. Mm. The father will give. Why? Because the father desires to give to his children. And so where is God? God is in his presence of what is good. Seek his kingdom and his what? Righteousness. We find God when we forgive each other, when we love each other, when we give to the poor, and we serve the needy, and we clothe the naked, we visit the sick and the shuttered, and those who are confined and, and in prison. God is there. God is present. Those are God moments. And also the Bible tells us that be careful that who you are treating for, you may be treating Jesus. Jesus says, when you've done to the least of these, you've done unto 
me. We are, we are representation. We are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. So therefore, we need to beware that wherever we go, we should be representing the king and realize that I need to follow his instructions and be where he is. And I can bring him into dark places. Oh, glory be to God. Because I carry the king in me. And because I carry the king in me, I can bring light into those dark corners to help somebody see the mess that they're in. And realize that just as he saved me, he can save you. And together we can help somebody else get out that mess. Because you understand as you are becoming a disciple, you are making other disciples. You know what it means to make other disciples? You find people who are not disciples. And you make them disciples. We, we need to realize that there's some people out there that need to know the truth. They need to know about his joy. They need to know about his peace. And we share that with them. Mary and the, and the women, they went to the tomb and they went to where he was not. They were told to where he was and they got excited. They had to go tell the message. Do you understand that God has told you where he is? Where is he now? He is risen. He is exalted. He is the right hand of the father. You need to now go tell somebody else. You need to go tell somebody else that he's alive. And now you got to tell them why he's alive. Because look what it says that it, what? Remember what he said, the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. We need to seek him and tell them why we're seeking. We're seeking him because he was crucified and to be crucified when we celebrate on Good Friday. It was that he was crucified means he was nailed to the cross. And and to us, to us, we celebrate the cross. We we put crosses up around us and celebrate because what it was done on the cross. But if you lived back in that time, you would not want to mention the cross. You wouldn't want to say anything about the cross because the cross was the worst way to die. And only the worst of the worst died on the cross. Only the worst of the worst. That's why it was foolish. You read in the Bible, it says the cross is foolishness. It's a stumbling block because why would a God die on the cross? It's foolishness. It's foolish to think about how that's why they made a TV show of Undercover Boss. It's foolish for uh, the owner of the boss to become the lowest worker. That's foolishness, but yet that's the kingdom. The creator of all things, master of all things, became the servant of all. He came in lowest form. He could have came as a prince. He could have came as a king and sitting in a royal palace, but he came poor and worked as a carpenter to help you out. In the time of Greco-Roman area, those who worked with their hands were the worst. The uneducated were the ones who worked with their hands. The, the philosophers, that's why we have all the play, the Socrates, they're the philosophers, the ones who spoke and thought. Those were the wise, those are rich, those are the ones to be in order. But those who work with their hands, they were the slaves, they were poor, they were not looked well upon. It's amazing now how we look at physicians and doctors to be high and exalted people. But during that time, the doctors were the slaves. They were the poor people that worked with their hands. That was beneath everybody else. The rich that stayed at home and drank wine. Like some of them do now. And at that time, that was the poor that were. But Christ came in poor and poverty, that he built the chairs and the tables that they slept and ate on. He was a carpenter. They knew him as a son of a carpenter. He came in the form of the man and in the form of a slave to die on the cross for our sins. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Not one of us here can say we are righteous. There's not none righteous. No, not one. But glory be to God by the grace of God that he died on the cross to pay our debt, to save Save our penalty, realizing that, God, I cannot make it right. And to help you out, has anybody here ever, ever had somebody do something horribly wrong to you? For example, they hit your car. 
And, and when they hit your car, it came to a point, right, it's going to cost money to fix this. And, and, and if you, if you are in that same position like most people are when they got a car and it costs money to fix, you don't got that money to put down and get that car fixed, right? You got to rest on insurance, but you don't want to rest on insurance because what? Your insurance is going to go up. And when your insurance goes up, then you got to pay even higher price on, on the car and on your insurance and you got to get it taken care of. A lot of stuff is happening. And that person can't make up for you being late, for you getting an accident, the arm, the injury. Right? Nothing can be made up for that. And so they can, you get your car fixed, but nothing can replace what has happened. That's how our sin is that nothing can really replace what we happened, all the wrong that we have done. Nothing can make it up but the blood of Jesus. He can make us white as snow. He can make us not guilty. For the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So the Son of Man had to be crucified. He had to be handed over to sinful men to die on the cross for our sins. He defeated death and rose again on the third day. And by him rising again, showing that we now have the victory, that we are no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer bonded to sin, but we are alive and we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Because Jesus promised them that I must go up to heaven. And then I will send you the comforter and you will have the Holy Spirit from on high coming from the Father to be my witnesses. And we and we are to be his witnesses. We're able to do miraculous things through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so where do we seek him now? We seek him at his throne. We seek him high and exalted. He is seated at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding on our behalf. I want you to think about what does it mean to know somebody famous. Well, you know somebody famous, if they, and they might be an entertainer, they might be a celebrity, and you go to that place, right, you get special privileges. You get to ride around in, in the limousine. You get to go on VIP. You get to meet people that you normally don't get to meet because you know somebody who knows somebody. And we tell everybody about it. We take pictures. We take selfies. Now we post it on Facebook. We let everybody know how, look how I'm living. Don't you envy me? Don't you see how I'm kicking it? I get to see somebody and see this and see that. I want you to understand that we have somebody that's more famous than that. And check this out, that you can take a selfie with him every day because he's in you. And you can meet special people every day because he, every time you walk by, you walk by other people made in the image of God. And we have an opportunity to show God how much we love him, how we love one another, how we serve one another. And we have the opportunity to show God how much we love him by going and telling somebody else. And remember, when he, they, the women went to go tell the, the, the 11, they thought it was nonsense. What you talking about? He, he up. The tomb is empty. It don't make any sense. I saw him die. I, 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 I know they buried him in the tomb. How is he uh, alive? And Peter said, I got to go check this out for myself. Because said he ran and stooped in and saw the linen folded. And he was amazed at what happened. There's people out there that will be amazed to hear what has happened. They may not believe it. Don't, don't, don't mean you need to stop telling the story. Keep on telling it. Because they need to hear this truth and realize that, yes, that's why it sounds like nonsense. Because only God can do it. You know, that's the trouble with most people because science, basically science evidence is basically what can be reproduced. So if they cannot reproduce it, then they don't believe it. And so therefore science will will try to discredit what we believe in our faith because many things what God has done, you can't duplicate. That's why our testimony is the best witness. Because you could tell somebody, you don't know what he's done for me. 
You don't know how I was lost in sin. I was out of my mind living a hellish life. And it was by his grace and his mercy that he saved me, that he changed the way I walk. He changed the, the way I talk, that no longer am I looking for him in the wrong places. But now I seek after him and I look up to the hills from which cometh my help. And all my help cometh from the Lord. Good day, now Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you should be able to testify that you've been changed because he's changed your life. You've been changed because he changed the course of history. You've been changed because you know that he is alive and he walks with us and he talks with us and he calls us his own. You ought to tell somebody that I know he's alive because he's living in me and I know he's alive because I've changed the way I live. And we realize that I'm desperate after him. So we need to seek after him. We need to seek after him. The Bible tells us draw nigh unto God as he will. Draw nigh unto you. He will keep you in perfect peace. Those that keep their minds stayed on him. You see, we have, we have great, great peace when we trust in him. So what are you looking for? Are you looking for God? And if you're looking for him, keep on seeking him because he's made himself known. And so we need to come to know him that we want to know him better each and every day. Just like when you love somebody, hopefully when you love them, you want to know more about them. And when you know more about them, it means this, that you ask them, how was your day? You ask them, did you have a good day, did you have a bad day? You are concerned. You want to know what's going on in their life. And how much true it is that we can talk to our same God and talk to him each and every day. And Cass says, he wants to know about your life. And he already knows. He just wants to have an open relationship with you, a communication. And we can talk to him, communicate to him because he communicates back to us and he tells us where he wants us to be. And he will guide us. And when we get to that spot, that's when we can worship him. Because when they found him, they worshiped him and they blessed him. And they and and you notice Thomas had some issue. Thomas didn't believe either because he wasn't with them when they showed up. So he had Jesus had to show up a second time. And then Thomas finally believed him. But Jesus says, blessed are those who will not see me who believe. Knows he talking about. He's talking about us. And he's coming back again that we will see him and we'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye that we'll be with him. And where is he? He's in heaven. Anybody want to get there? Oh, glory be to God. And so we need to keep our eyes on heaven, seeking after our resurrected Lord and Savior, obeying his word, and he will show us how to get there. Let us pray.